R&B, hip-hop status, true more or less, jazz classical type hits. That's the side effect, yet but internationally loaned to play the best hits. Independent radio spins, non-politic, filled with all types of advice. Inspiration through the daily groove that bring moves, pumping straight flavor. Nicki Minaj and a Teddy Riley. So grab your champagne and vibe, meet you in the lobby. Side effect support lupus, radio blast rise. From Monday to Wednesday, Thursday to Friday. 7 p.m., so keep it tuned on the fly day. The side effect way, you're the highway. Minute in they cool Wednesday. That's Jag on the airway still. The side effect when you're the highway. Call 323-784-9635. We live in effect with the size radio. The side effect. The side effect. Hey, this is John Witherspoon. Bang, 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 bang. Don't nobody go to the bathroom for the next 35 or 45 minutes. Yeah, boy. You're listening to the Side Effect Radio Show. Hello, world. Welcome to another edition of the Side Effect Radio Show. I am Sai, your host. I want to thank you all for tuning in tonight. I do appreciate you. I know you could have been anywhere else in the world, but you chose to hang out with me, your girl, for the next 20, 30 minutes, and I do appreciate you. If you're on Facebook, please, please like the Sci Effect fan page on Facebook, um, and that's the Sci Effect. You can Google that. Also, if you're on Instagram and Twitter, follow your girl at I am Psy. I'm pretty much everywhere on, in Cyber World, so all you have to do is Google I am Psy, and you'll probably still find me on MySpace somewhere for real. <laughs> Tonight's guest is Mr. Bobby Caldwell, singer, composer, songwriter, Mr. Bobby Caldwell. And you may be familiar with Mr. Bobby Caldwell because. His timeless classic, What You Won't Do for Love, has been recorded and sampled by more than a 100 artists, including a rendition by Boys to Men. Bobby chose the career in music at the tender age of 17, and he's devoted his entire life to songwriting, recording, performing, and most of all, making people happy. And tonight, Mr. Caldwell is on the Psy Effect Radio Show. We'll be right back, right after this song, What You Won't Do For Love by Mr. Bobby Caldwell.
Welcome, Mr. Bobby Caldwell, to the Psy Effect Radio Show. Thanks, Psy, for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure. Mr. Caldwell, you've written timeless hits spanning over 30 years. Looking back, did you have any inkling that you'd be a part of music history of this magnitude? Um, initially, no, I didn't. You know, when you're when you're young and you get your first opportunity... Uh, I didn't think, at least at the time, that, you know, that first album, the de- debut album, um, would go so extraordinarily big and to this day still be as big as it is. Uh, just didn't have a clue. At what point did you realize, okay, I'm really doing something? I'm really making my mark in music. When did you realize that? 
I guess that, you know, was the radio saturation on what you won't do for love. Um, remembering the first time I ever heard it over the radio, I was uh, actually in a dentist chair. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's crazy. And, and what was your, I mean, give me the scenario of what exactly happened when you heard it while you were in a dentist chair. Well, I was I was there for a cleaning and I couldn't say anything because he had my mouth open. <laughs> Hilarious! Oh my God! You know what you won't do for love is my all-time favorite song. I heard it for the first time at eight years old and. All I remember was how it made me feel. The instruments at eight, I could feel. I, I may not have known exactly what you were saying to understand, but the overall song just made me feel good. And even today, what or who inspired you to write such a beautiful song millions still love and can't relate to 30 years later? Um, It actually was, uh, you know... A failed relationship with a, one of my earlier girlfriends, and uh, I, she kind of jilted me. And what you want to do for love was more like an exorcism for me, and ended up ended up uh, being something to so many people. Um, and I, to this day, I still get fan mail about I don't know people who used it for their wedding song and then got divorced. And then remarried and used the same song again. Uh, wow. People who may have lost a loved one and the song helped them get through, you know, rough times. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, it's mm-hmm. across the board appealing. And I'm not sure it's about what the, the message is. I just think it's, uh, like you said initially, it's, there's just something honest about it and naive at the same time, you know, it's right. had a lot of elements to it. I'm sure you are influenced by many musically. I hear some Frank Sinatra, little Billy Holiday. Who, who influenced you musically starting out? Oh, well, um, you just nailed two of them. Uh, and, and including you know, everything that came out of Motown, uh, and Philadelphia, and Muscle Shoals, and, uh, all that kind of music, like The Temptations, and Marvin Gaye, Tammy Terrell. These were artists I was cutting my teeth on, you know, Jackie Wilson, mm-hmm. Sam Cooke. Um, and then, you know, even earlier than that were, you know, the Sinatra records. <laughs> and I grew, up in a, I grew up in a show business family, and uh, our house was pretty much Sinatra headquarters. So that was <laughs> that was hard to avoid. And then, you know, when I got into my, my late teens uh, and early 20s, it was, uh, you know, uh, rock and roll, um, country. So my influences are just all over the map. I read that the music label, the record label that you were with, hid your identity when they released what you won't do for love. Now, I personally think music has no color, especially good music. You well, know, of course it doesn't have no color, but this, 
And what you read was accurate. And this was a record label that had a roster of black artists who had all achieved uh, success, except for Casey and the Sunshine Band. But their main um, format was R&B radio. And, and back in the day, you know, R&B radio wasn't wild about uh, adding white artists to their roster. Um, which I never understood because if you listen to pop radio back then, there were black artists all over the playlist. Mm -hmm. And all, the, all these kinds of acts coexisted. Everything, you know, from the Beatles to uh, Marvin Gaye, uh, Sinatra, just all kinds of groups. And uh, mm -hmm. But not so true with R&B radio. Um, so I think that there was... The plan was, hey, we'll, we'll get the record played, it'll explode, and then no one will really care that he's white. And that is exactly what happened. What was your most fondest memories of performing it for the first time? This is one of the best stories. Um, when, my, when that album came out, and What You Won't Do For Love was the single, Natalie Cole had the number one record in the country with her debut album, and I think that was called This Will Be. Mm -hmm. um, and What You Only Do For Love was uh, like number 10, I think at the bottom of the top 10, climbing. And I got a call from Natalie one afternoon inviting me to open uh, for her in her first major tour. And I just thought this was so cool. Because first of all, I was a huge fan of Nat King Cole and a big fan of hers. So that worked out perfect. Now the only drawback was She's playing to primarily large theaters and a totally black audience. Mm -hmm. And everyone's coming out to see Soul Brother Bobby Caldwell. <laughs> 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 uh, here comes this cracker out on stage with long hair and a hat. And a hush came over the audience. Oh, my God. You could hear, you could hear a pin drop. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, that that was, if not a fond memory, a big memory. It's also the night I became a man. Because <laughs> I definitely had the man up on that. Now, your music, your songs, have been recorded millions of times, sampled. I'm looking at the list of people that have sampled your songs from Tupac, to um, Tatiana Ali, Dionne Warwick, um, Aretha Franklin, and artists who have remade your songs, Brenda Russell, Roberta Flack, Al Jarreau, Evelyn Champagne King, out of Betty Wright, Johnny Gill, Cheryl Lynn, oh my God, out of all of these remakes and samples, who has been your favorite to redo your song? Oh, gee. Oh. I know, that's hard. I, you know, first of all, I, I, I couldn't even give you an answer to that. Any of that, if I could, um, I wouldn't want to disparage the artist that, you know, I didn't mention. <laughs> so, at the end of the day, you know, when somebody does your music, it's, it's flattering, you know. Yeah. A big compliment. What is your process? when you're creating music, when you're writing a song, what comes first, the music, the lyrics, 
a moment that gives you, that inspires you to write? What What exactly is your process when you're writing? Um, I'll usually be sitting at the uh, keyboard or the guitar and either coming up with a series of, of chord progressions or a melody. Um, and more often than not, the melody will lend itself to what kind of a lyric it's going to be. Um, right. If it's like a sad melody, it's not going to be a happy lyric. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. And vice, and vice versa. So, um, and then, you know, a lot of times I'll stumble across something that catches my ear and uh, will keep beckoning me back to finish it. Sometimes, you know, you hit a brick wall where you get so far into a song and then you're stuck. Uh, that happens. But when it keeps calling you back, finish me, finish me, um, those are usually the songs that have the staying power. You know, the quality of music has changed greatly over the years. Has that change affected you any? As an artist, a writer, producer, have you found yourself having to try to keep up with yeah. the change, or you just stay true to what you're doing? Um, both. To keep up with... The sounds of record today, the way they sound, but at the same time not, you know, not lose what I've established. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, it's a youth-driven market now, and uh, it's become tough, you know, the music business has become harder, Um, the lack of radio stations, uh, the Mm -hmm. lack of, the lack of retail record stores. And social media has just made it a whole different ballgame. So it's it's been a learning curve for me. I see you have a new album out, House of Cards. Have you been spending a lot of time in Vegas? What inspired that album title? Uh, <laughs> oh, you're talking about the, the gambling song? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, and I believe it or not, I actually lived there for a year and a half, um, which was pretty rough. <laughs> Uh, I was really? doing a yeah, I was doing um, a show at the old Desert Inn called the Rat Pack and uh, playing Sinatra. It was a lot of fun, but I just I was a lot of fun, but I I didn't like living in Vegas. Uh, but I guess it was my time that I spent there that got the gambling thing started. Uh, yeah, I wish I could tell you I made some money. <laughs> Uh, this, this album was, uh, you know, about five years in coming, so I had a lot of time to put together, you know, a lot of material, uh, mm-hmm. and the stuff that, you know, I I really liked, and uh, everyone else seemed to like it, is what ended up on the album. Can you introduce the song we're going to play, um, One of Those Nights? And, I sure can. You know, this is a... Actually, I did write uh, on my second album. I did write. No, it was the yeah, it was the second album. Um, or, no, it was the fourth album. See, I don't even remember. Uh, I wrote a, <laughs> I wrote a so song many. called I wrote a song called Catwalk about a gambler. And one of those nights is a kind of polished up uh, idea about you know a gambler who basically does it for a living. And what it's like to play in the back room of a bar with, you know, pretty much professional card players. Um, and, you know, it gave me a chance to, like, experiment with a different lyric approach. 
And that was fun. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is from the, the House of Cards album. This is called One of Those Nights. On the Side Effects Radio Show. Oh. 
Now, I hear you're a dog lover. Is that true? Yeah, I'm I'm a sucker for a nice dog. Um, what kind I, do you have? I have one dog, and we, we have a large family here, so. But I'm surrounded by women to begin with. Um, <laughs> my twin daughters, my stepdaughter, my wife, her mother. Oh, my goodness. And a dog named Stella, who is a... <laughs> A real bitch, if you mind the expression. <laughs> I bet she definitely runs that household. Oh, you know it. No, she runs it hands down cold. Um, and we're like her servants, you know. Yeah, I have. I have. What kind of dog is Stella? Yeah, she's an English bulldog. Ah, see, I have a miniature schnauzer named Timmy, and I'm surrounded. I'm the opposite. I'm surrounded by men. Although it's two plus Timmy, my husband and my son and my dog, and it is it, Timmy runs the household. And, and <laughs> so I can relate. You probably belong to Timmy. Yes, no one can kiss me, touch yep. me in his presence, or he just claws. He doesn't bite, but he barks. He has this piercing bark, and then when they stop, he stops. Yeah. <laughs> I do know. I know every. I live it every day here. It's crazy how possessive they can be, but I wouldn't trade them in for the world, and, for, and I know you wouldn't trade Stella in as well. Well, no, I wouldn't. Um, but you know, it's nice to have a dog that's awake at least four hours a day. <laughs> for some reason, I guess English bulldogs they love to sleep, and she is only two years old, but man, she, she'll sleep at least 18 hours a day. Wow, I never knew that about English Bulldogs. Is she a heavy dog? Um, well, her parents were, but, uh, you know, we try to, we try to only feed her twice a day. Okay. So she's, I think she's pretty much fighting weight, okay. and there's plenty of that. <laughs> I can imagine. Now, Mr. Caldwell, what is the most fun part about what you do. I can't say your job because when it's something that you love, it's not a job. You know what I mean? It's obvious and evident that you love what you do because you're still here, number one. Number two, you've had this amazing career and everything that I've seen of you performing is like you're so happy. Everybody is just so happy. You can see it on your face that you love what you do. What's the fun part about your your, your profession, what you do? It would have to be performing live, and um, there's a real simple reason for that. Uh, mm -hmm. So, as opposed to making a record or a CD, um, where you you throw it out there and you're waiting for a reaction, and waiting and waiting, uh, and hopefully it's good, but it, the wait is what kills you. Um, performing live, you know. I pretty much know in the first five minutes if, uh, you know, we have a great audience. So mm -hmm. it's immediately rewarding. I mean, if, if everything comes together, the sound is great, the audience is ready to be entertained, and, uh, you know, I find that, you know, more fulfilling than uh, at least the way the record business is today. During the span of your career, has there ever been a time where you said, okay, the music is the music business has changed. You know, I'm just gonna throw in the towel. Has there ever been a time where you felt that way? Wow, that's, that's a deep 
deep. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know about throwing the towel, but really despondent, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes even depressed about, you know, the way it's so radically changed. Um, yeah. But, you know, then, you know, I'm out on the road and, you know, selling out places that, uh, you know, just seem to be so appreciative. And, you know, I came to discover that out of all the shows I do each year, and now that I have my own label and my own studio at home and everything, yeah, we sell a lot of records out there on the road yeah. at shows. Mm-hmm. And the fans love it. They like to have a chance to, you know, meet you, um, buy your catalog, whether it's the current one or all the way back. And I think, you know, they'll tell a friend, and the next time I'm there, that their new friend will come and... It's like right. turning over and getting new fans, and they really do appreciate you taking the time, sitting down, you know, listening to, to you know what they have to say, and uh, they mm-hmm. take that away with them, just like the show. Right, right. Share something about yourself most would be completely surprised about. Oh, let's see. Okay, I uh, I love to cook and, ah. and do a lot of it here. Uh, between myself and my wife and the area of New Jersey that we're located in out in the countryside mm-hmm. so for us to get to a halfway decent restaurant it could mean up to an hour drive you know yeah. and then yeah. and then we're let down or whatever and uh, we end up because of that doing most of our cooking at home and we can turn it out Cy, I'll tell you that right now I can imagine I bet you can so we're, oh we're my big, God. big, big Food Network fans. What's your specialty? What's your favorite dish to cook? My favorite dish is uh, spaghetti bolognese. Mm. I think that's my favorite. And uh, that's we do a lot good. of we do a lot of pulled pork. That's just huge here. I don't eat a lot of it, but my kids just mm-hmm. swear by it. Um, cook a lot of uh, tilapia fish and okay. with jasmine rice. And, you know, we, we do just about everything. Oh, you guys are throwing down over there. Yeah, yeah we do it. Well, if I'm ever in the area, I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, knock on your door with a plate <laughs> and a fork. Oh, you're, you're, you're a fan, huh? Yeah. I'm a fan already. <laughs> okay. Well, our doors are now, always open. <laughs> okay, because I don't, I don't want to have to jiggle the doorknob and get my little kick to unlock the door. You know, door is always open. Like, wait a minute, Carwell, you said this door was always open. Why is it locked? Well, I tell you what, uh, the bulldog lets us know if anybody's at the front door. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. If there's anything... If she sounds anything like Timmy, she he, she's probably letting the entire neighborhood know that someone's at the door. That's right. <laughs> now, you're getting ready to do some tour dates. I'm looking at the tour. You're going to be at BB King's on July 26th. You're going to be at the 25th Anniversary Thornton Winery Champagne Jazz Series on August 3rd. You're doing a free concert. At the River Raisin Jazz Festival, and you're going to be at the New York Theater, and then you're heading to Tokyo in October. You're busy. Yeah, but you know, not as busy as I'd like to be. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, that's another aspect of the business that's 
you know, I'm just not, I'm not touring as much as I'd like to. Um, right, right. But it also gives me a chance to be with my kids who really don't care much about that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my, my daughter, my twin daughters, they're, they're 20, and my stepdaughter is 21. So, How do they feel about your music? They're the same age as my son. They love it, and they, they, you know, they have their favorites. Um, and uh, I love a lot of the stuff they listen to. You know. Mhm. What What do you listen to? The new artists that are out today. Who do you like? I like Beyonce. Um, I love Usher. I think he's awesome. Um, let's see. Who else am I really, really into? Uh, I used to be into totally into Destiny's Child. Oh wow. Um, that is so cool. Yeah, so, and you know, every once in a while, um, Mariah Carey. Mhm. Who would you like to work with? You've worked with a lot of people. Is there anybody that you would like to work with and reach out to and say, "Hey, I got this song that I'd like to write for you or do with you"? Is there anybody out there that you'd like to reach out? Well, yeah, I've always wanted to write with Michael McDonald, and you know, we know each other pretty good, and I've always talked about it. But somehow, you know, our times just haven't allowed it. And, uh, but that's definitely something oh I'd love to work with. Um, you guys need to make that happen. That will be crazy. Um, another guy, yeah. uh, I think it's John Ledger. Yeah. He's hot. Yeah. Wow. Well, we need to put that out in the universe, Mr. Caldwell, because you... That would be an awesome connection. As a matter of fact, I just reached out to John Ledger yesterday because okay. um, okay. I heard through uh, uh, I think Facebook that um, one of my earlier songs is on his uh, upcoming release. Really? Yeah, from my from my second album, a song called "Open Your Eyes." That actually, Common also made a hit to Yes, yes, he should. I remember that. Wow. Oh yeah, I'm gonna. You're on. You're on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Are you getting your tweet on? I sure will. I followed you. I followed you a couple of hours ago on on Twitter. So I'm gonna reach out to John. Be like, John, Bobby is trying to connect with you. You know, y'all need to make this happen. And I'm gonna tweet him, and I'm gonna put you in the tweet as well. I'm like, we can make this happen. Just that would be totally awesome. <laughs> and for, and for that, for that, you would get that full pork sandwich. <laughs> oh my God! Okay, you know what? See, I'm on it. I'm on it. <laughs> Mr. Caldwell, it's been a pleasure, an absolute honor to have this time to speak with you. I thank you so much for coming on the Firefake Radio Show. How can everybody connect with you? Hey, thank you for thanking me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Now, like I said, you're on Twitter. You want to give everybody your Twitter handle or your website where everybody can connect with you and possibly work with you or ask to do some of your songs, samples. How can they connect with you? Uh, They can... Reach out to my personal email, uh, and that is that is one word, Bobby Caldwell Music at yahoo.com. Or they can go to uh, our official website, bobbycaldwell.com, and post there or tweet me. Fabulous, fabulous. Again, thank you so much, and I'm looking forward. I'm going to get the album. I'm looking forward to hearing more music and more collaborations, and thank you so much for coming on the Science Radio Show. Well, thanks, Cy, for having me. I appreciate it. Really good. Thank you.
And thank you all for tuning in to the Sai Effect Radio Show. I do appreciate you guys. I hope you enjoyed the interview just as much as I did with Mr. Bobby Caldwell. And if you like the music that is playing in the background, by all means, check out the band that covered this song. They did a beautiful job. Their name on YouTube is Mine Marakazuya. And their name, if I didn't pronounce that name correctly, please, please guys, forgive me. But I also provided the link on the front of this page on Ball Talk Radio where you can go straight to their YouTube page where you can listen to many other beautiful cover songs that they've done. And you can follow Bobby on Twitter at Bobby Caldwell. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at I Am Sign. Until next time, continue to spread peace love, and good music. Mwah.